0: Welcome to the Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us in our series, Easter, The Jesus Way. Jesus is our ultimate example for how we should live our lives. In this series, we are looking at Jesus' ministry, from His calling to His victory over the grave. We are walking alongside His journey to the cross, to His death and burial, and then to His resurrection. Each week, we will be deep diving into chapters 15 through 21 of the Gospel of John, leading us all the way to celebrate Christ's victory over the grave on Easter Sunday. Now let's tune in. in Jesus name and everybody said amen. 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 You may be seated.
1: Good morning. Good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It's so great to be together today. And the sunshine, I just love the sunshine. It's like, man, that just gives the energy and this burst. It's spring. It's here. It's so exciting. And so just a big welcome right here to our Franklin campus. We have all of our campuses joining in today. And so welcome to our Millensville campus. We just had our grand opening. It was awesome. It's so exciting there. Welcome to our Nashville campus and all that's happening with young adults there. And welcome to our Columbia campus. We're looking for permanent home. And we've got some great news on that. We did our red envelope. We are so excited about what's happening there in Columbia and our Haywood Hills campus, our newest campus. And welcome you guys. Man, it is so exciting to see what God's doing all around our community. And welcome online, wherever you're joining from, and all that God's doing right here in Franklin. It is exciting. And we get to be a part of that together. And I'm excited today because today we're launching into our Easter series. And so I can't believe Easter is like one month away. That's Awesome to me because I love spring. I love this time of year. You know, we're coming out of winter and the death and the darkness, and now we're heading into the light and the resurrection. It's spring. It's new life. It's growth. And I'm excited about that. In our Easter series this year, we're calling it the Jesus way. The Jesus way, we're contrasting it with the world's way, right? And we see that all the time. You have the world's way, and, and yet Jesus is always calling us to follow him, to trust him. And Jesus' way is always countercultural. It doesn't matter, you know, what time you live in. You know, for 2,000 years you've been following Jesus, it's kind of countercultural to everything that's going on in the world, even when it comes to Easter, right? The world would say Easter is about Easter bunnies and Easter eggs, you know, and Easter chicks, and, you know, Cadbury eggs are good, so that's great. So, you know, (laughs) there's some good things that come there, Uh, but it's fine, and that's fine, but it always stays surface, and yet Jesus takes Easter and he goes to the heart. Jesus takes Easter and he resurrects us. He brings new life in us. Not just stay on the surface, have a little candy, right? Take a picture with the Easter buddy. No, he wants us to experience life and live it to the full. And that's the beauty of Jesus' way. Now, it's always something God's doing inside of us that then spills over outside of us. But he starts here with each of us. And Easter is God inviting us into his greater story. Easter, not just about Jesus, what he did on the cross and the resurrection, praise be to God, but it's God inviting you to be a part of the Jesus way. So if you have a Bible with you today, I invite you up with me to the book of John, John chapter 15, John chapter 15. So New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we're gonna be in John 15, we're gonna be walking through chapter by chapter each week leading up to Easter and then even one week after. But I love the gospel of John. You know, when you look at John, John starts a little bit different. You know, Matthew and Luke give you the birth narrative of Jesus where we get the Christmas story. You know, Mark kind of fast forwards to Jesus' earthly ministry when age of 30. But John just says this, John chapter one, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Like the whole Old Testament comes down in Jesus and steps off the page and into our lives, right? The word became flesh. Jesus came to show us the way to show us how God wants us to live. And so then for for 30 years, right, Jesus is preparing, he launches his earthly ministry. He's going and he's teaching, healing, all the things, the miracles that happen with Jesus. And it's all building up to this Passover week. It's all building up to Holy Week. And Jesus then comes in to Jerusalem and the crowds have filled Jerusalem. You know, they're there for Passover. The community has swelled over 2 million people People sleeping out on the Mount of Olives and they're there to see Jesus because there is such a buzz about Jesus, right? Still a buzz about Jesus day. I mean, you know, because of what God's doing. And so you see Jesus coming in. And now the Jews back then, they wanted a political Messiah. They wanted Jesus to come in on the back of a stallion and overthrow the Romans and restore Israel to a place of prominence. But what Jesus was doing was a different way. What Jesus was doing was so much more. Jesus didn't come in to Jerusalem on the back of a stallion. He didn't come in in this pride and arrogance. He came in humility. He came on the back of a donkey. He came in not the world's way, right? With power, he came in with love. He came in not just to say, hey, do this, do this, do this. He came in to say, be, remain in me. Watch what I'll do. And Jesus came in and he heads to the cross. But in John chapter 13, he brings his disciples together. And he knows, right? The cross awaits. He knows that there's this tension between the religious leaders who are saying, you're saying blasphemy, you're saying you're the son of God. Make sure you know that. Jesus wasn't just a great man or a great prophet, he was all those, but he truly said, I am the son of God. And so that's where the tension point came. And the Pharisees and religious leaders said, hey, we're gonna hand you over to the Romans to be crucified. And Jesus goes, well, I'm telling you who I am. And Jesus, Jesus goes willingly to pay the price for you and me. Jesus lays down his life for us, so he brings his disciples together, John chapter 13, the night that he's betrayed, and he brings his disciples, and he shares that Passover meal. He shares the Lord's Supper with them. Judas leaves that room. Judas goes out to betray Jesus. Judas goes out for the world's way, but those 11 disciples right there, Jesus begins to tell them about the way, the kingdom of God. In John 14:6, Jesus said this, I am the way, I am the way, the truth and life, and no man comes to the Father but through me. And then they leave the room and they're heading out to the Mount of Olives. They get to the Garden of Gethsemane, and Jesus tells them this. John chapter 15, verse one. He says, "I am. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is for my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Jesus speaking to his disciples then, Jesus speaking to us as his disciples today. We are his disciples and we are called to live the Jesus way. If you're taking notes today, here's some things I'd love for you to write down. If you wanna grab a worship guide, if you're online, If you want to go to the Rolling Hills app, if you're one of the campuses, there should be a worship guide available, or or just if you don't even have the Rolling Hills app yet, go ahead and download it on your phone. Take time right now because there's so much great information right there. But here's some things I want you to see today because this is powerful. Look at this. Jesus is the true vine. Jesus said, I am the vine. I am the vine. Look at this. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So that would be even more fruitful, even more fruitful. Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. So when you think about this, the analogy is using he's like, hey guys, listen, I'm the vine, you are the branches. My father is a gardener, right? Plants me, I'm here, right? The son of God. But you are the branches, you are connected. Now this would have been radical back then because these guys were Jewish and back then they thought Israel was the vine. You know, if you would have gone to the temple to worship back then, there would have been a, a kind of a whole thing of vine that ran across that was made of gold, and it represented Israel. And Jesus comes along and goes, uh-uh, uh-uh, it's not Israel, it's me. <laughs> it's not about being a Jew or in Judaism, it's, it's me, having a relationship with me. Now, when he said, I am, whoo, that was another signal, right? Because back in the Old Testament, God revealed his name, and he said, I am who I am, Yahweh. Jesus has these seven I am statements and you can read through the Gospel of John, the Gospels, he says, I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. I am the way. I am the true vine. So Jesus was making it really clear who he is right here with this statement. He says, you're the branches. Jesus moves us from religion to a relationship. Jesus begins to say, listen, it's not about being born a Jew. It's not about being in the religion of Judaism. Man has always gone for religion. Right, you talk to people sometimes and you go, you know, hey, well, what, what's God doing in your life? And they go, well, I'm really religious. Like, okay, well, okay, what do you mean? Unpack that for me, you know? Well, I go to church every now and then. You know, I, you know I, I try to be good. I try to do good things, right? We have this idea about religion, but the whole time Jesus is moving us to a relationship. I'm the vine, you are the branches. There's a connectivity, right? The nourishment, the spiritual nourishment. And maybe you grew up in a family and went to church. Praise God. Praise God. But, but what he's saying to you is there needs to be a personal relationship with him. This is what Jesus is telling us right here. This is why Jesus goes to the cross. To die for your sins and for my sins. It's not about religion. Religion is what we do. A relationship is what he's done. That's what makes Christianity different than every other major world religion. Because it's what Jesus has done for us, inviting us into that relationship. Look, Jesus lifts us up. You know, the vines, they're not supposed to grow on the ground, especially for grapes, right? You know, they're not supposed to be down there. You come, you have trellises, right? And a trellis lifts up those vines. It lifts up those vines so that they can bear much fruit. Right, you've been to Arrington Vineyards maybe, you've been to different vineyards in California, you've seen this, right? That's where they bear the grapes. It takes three years to go down and get roots So they're solid enough, they're getting that nourishment. But then, after those three years, you know, they begin to bear the grace. And here's what Jesus does, the cross. So that you and I are lifted up. We aren't meant to live a defeated life. We're not meant to live in the ground. We don't bear fruit there. We bear fruit when we are in Christ. We bear fruit as he lifts us up. And maybe today, maybe today, you just need to be lifted up. You need to know that God is for you. You need to know that God is with you, that God has a plan for your life, that God wants you to bear fruit, that God wants you to make a difference, that God has a plan for you. He loves you. He loves you. I was talking with a guy this week, and and he was saying, you know, man, in my life, it it, it has been kind of crazy. I started coming to church about seven years ago, and I'm so thankful. He said, my marriage was on the rocks back then, and things were going, they were really bad. But man, I just see what God's done in my life. And, And I just am so thankful he goes, and it, it just feels like God's just lifts me up every day, and I go, oh, yeah, he does. You know? He's just like, because I see where I am, and, and I'm not perfect, but I see where I am, and I see where I was, and I just know there's good things happening in my life, and I'm like, praise God, praise God. See, over time, God is growing you. God is maturing you, and here's the thing, right? Here's what Jesus is gonna tell us. Remain in me, right? Remain in Jesus, that word remain, abide. Abide in Christ, remain, remain in him. Look at this verse four. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Four times in one verse. Remain, 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 right? Think he's trying to make a point? Yeah, it's like, guys, look, remain in me. Now remember, he's talking to the disciples. Judas is out of the picture, right? Judas has gone to betray Jesus, 30 pieces of silver. He's going the world's way. He's taking the money. He's going after that. These 11 men are with him. And he goes, guys, there's going to be challenges. You know, listen, I'm getting ready to go to the cross, right? I mean, I'm going to be killed. You're going to watch this happen. You're going to scatter. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be struggles. In fact, if you keep reading in John 15, he says, you know, there may be people who hate you, right? The world will hate you. but, But listen, you stay strong. You remain in me because the best is yet to come. On the other side of the cross is the resurrection. You just hang on. You remain. And in our lives, man, it's so easy to let the challenges get us down. But we have to remain because we know the best is still to come for us. We know that it's going to get even better. Hold on to him. Now, here's the thing, right? It is a challenge for us to remain. It's a challenge for us to remain. I know a lot of you have small kids, right? We have a lot of kids at Rolling Hills, right? It's mean, amazing. It's awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. If you have a toddler or a preschooler, it's hard for them to remain, isn't it? I mean, you know what I'm talking about? You go to the store and you get up there in the line and you're like, oh, I just need one thing. You stay right here. You remain how does that go, right? You're like, as soon as you turn around, they're like, bright, shiny object, you know? They're like, they're like off, and you're over here, and you're going, ah, and then you're like, how do I get back to them? How do I get back to them, right? And they're elementary kids. You're like, okay, just stay right here. And they're like, what's around there? You know, and then they're off and running. They're off and going. Now, hopefully, as our kids mature, right, you could go, hey, middle school or high school, right? stay right here, remain right here. I'll be right back. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but hopefully you can say, hey, just hang out right here. Just remain. And they start to get it. Same thing spiritually, right? When we're younger in the faith and we're starting to grow, it's like hard for us because we're looking at that, right? Oh yeah, this and that. The world offers this. The world, what's in vogue? What's the thing now? What's, what's in right now? And we just kind of turn toward the world. We have this tendency in us. And Jesus goes, remain in me, Hold on. What's in today is going to be out tomorrow. You, don't just get caught up in everything that's going on. Hold on to me. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Remain, remain, remain. I'm telling you, I'm with you. I'm for you. I will lift you up. Hold on to me. See, to remain in Jesus means you must first be in Jesus. Guys, this is big. Because I want you to think about this. Judas... Judas was with Jesus for three years. Judas was around Jesus. But Jesus wasn't fully committed. His heart wasn't there. He didn't have a relationship with Jesus. He was selling Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. He was selling Jesus out for money. See, you could be around church. I am so glad. I mean, we have so many people come and praise the Lord. But but you could be around church. Or maybe you grew up in a family that went to church. and, And that's great. But here's the thing. Has there ever been a time that you've made a personal commitment to Christ? Has there ever been a time that you've go, you know what? Jesus died for my sins. Is this in my family's faith? Is this in my you know, country's faith? This is me. What do I believe about Jesus? Do I have a personal relationship with him? And if you don't, why not today? <laughs> right now, you just go, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. Forgive my sins. Restore me. I want to follow you. I want that relationship with you. Judas missed it. These 11 disciples got to experience the greatest life of all. They got to see God do miracles and that's what we get to be as disciples. But you got to first be in Christ, not just around, but in that personal relationship with him. Then, listen, you should be growing daily in your relationship with Jesus. You should be growing. You should be maturing Right, the vine and the branches mature. The branches take the nourishment from the vine and they start to grow and they start to bear fruit that we're maturing in our life. When you came in today, or if you're online, you also noticed this too, we have a a daily step. And we're just gonna encourage everybody. Over the next 40 days, we're gonna read through the entire Gospel of John together. And and so you have this, you know, tomorrow we'll start John chapter one, verses one through 34. and, And just Man, just say, okay, for the next 40 days, we're gonna be through Easter. It's gonna be awesome. I wanna grow more in my relationship with the Lord. I wanna grow. I wanna remain. I wanna mature. And and I just encourage you, there's a QR code that has devotionals that go along with each passage. And so I just wanna encourage you, man, jump in and just say, hey, this is my time. I wanna continue to grow and mature in my own personal walk with the Lord. There's great ways as you mature. See, for all of us, there's gonna be challenges that we face. For all of us, there's gonna be struggles that we go through. But what God is saying to us is remain, remain. What God's saying to you, abide in Christ, abide in me, hold on to me. I want you to hear today from an incredible family in our church. I just love these guys. And Jordan St. Cyr, and Jordan's a, a Christian artist. You've heard his songs on the radio and he's been on our worship team. But I want you to hear a little bit of their story. They moved from Canada here and some of the things that they've gone through, but just how God has called them to abide, to remain in Jesus. Watch this.
2: I had this dream of doing music in a big way for the majority of my life. You know, as we had kids, it should have given us a reason to kind of like, you know, reality check, let's let's do something different with our lives, but this fire in my heart that God gave me just wouldn't go out and I remember praying those prayers like, God, take this away. We've got a great marriage, an amazing community, like this is enough, but the fire just didn't go away. So I just kept chipping away at it. But we had this dream of moving to to Nashville, to the Tennessee area for like six years. And then our youngest, Emery, was born. And so this is our fourth child. And she changed everything.
3: Emery was born with a very rare brain condition called Sturge-Weber syndrome. So when she came out, she had a big, beautiful birthmark, still does, all along the left side of her face and up into her scalp. And so the danger with um, a neurological disorder like this is that there is no roadmap to say what this will be and what this won't be. Emory also has um, seizures, typically once a year. So she is on seizure meds. She's at higher risk of stroke, um, developmental delays, speech delays
2: a season of like, okay, God, we're maybe not getting what we want, but I know you're leading us somewhere new, and it turned out to be a season of, of receiving the things we didn't even know we needed.
3: So Jordan and I really talked about, you know, what a beautiful life it would be if we were to stay put in the small town that we were. We would be happy to raise our grandkids there, we'd be happy to retire there, it would be such a beautiful life, and I remember in that interim asking God, I said, you know, you know the community that we are called to be in you know, the street that we are meant to be on, the school that our kids are meant to go to and find their friends, you know, the house on the street that we're supposed to be in. And within days, Jordan's calling me from Tennessee, he's on tour, he's like, there's a house that just came up.
2: That was like a life-changing experience. We left this amazing community we had built, leaving that, that home that God had gifted us with. Was, was a process. It was a, like you grieved for quite a while.
3: Now that we've been here a year, God has answered every one of those asks and prayers tenfold. It is so spectacular to see what God will do with a prayer when you give it to him with an open hand. And so the friends that are surrounding us now are probably some of our closest friends we've ever had in our lives. And the community that's, that's being built here is just so special
2: the the heart of of everything we've gone through really comes down to our abiding in god throughout our lives and as we've abided in him that relationship has been built that's the life that god wants for us it's not all the success it's not all the the grand big worldly wins but he wants a depth of relationship and i think he asks each and every one of us will you trust me in that process because i am for you i want what's best for you So abide in me. Isn't
1: that awesome? And that's the call for every one of us, right? Abide. Trust. God's got a plan that's bigger than we can see. Hold on to him. Trust him and follow him. Man, I love that. All right, look at this one. Look at this one. Christ followers bear fruit. Guys, that's what we do, right? When you remain in him. See, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Not you might, not you could, not you should. You will when we remain in him, right? And you will bear much fruit. I love that. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now we can do a lot of activity apart from Jesus, but but as far as spiritual impact, as far as legacy, we can't do anything apart from him. So what is the fruit? Well, the fruit is the fruit of the Spirit right? You go to Galatians chapter 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit. That's what you begin to bear in your life. And and what we begin to see is this comes out of us when we were remaining in Christ. Now I begin to love. And now I begin to have joy. Now I begin to have peace. Now I have this forbearance or this patience. But but it's not me, it's me remaining in Christ, and Christ working in me or through me. See, here's the thing, right? There is no one who is perfect. And so many times we look at our lives, we go, "Oh yeah, but I had that blow up," or, "Oh yeah," or I said that word," or, "Yo, oh, yeah, I, I didn't trust at this point." But, but listen, we should all be bearing fruit. We ought to all be growing. And what we begin to realize is, I used to be like that. I used to fly off the handle. I used to get so upset. But now, look at what God's doing. I still have my moments. I still have my time. But God's growing me. God's maturing me. And now I can respond with love. Now I can respond with joy. Now I can respond with peace. Because I don't have to be in control. God is. I can trust him. I can hold on to him. You know, I was reading the other day, there was a, a Barna study that was done. And we went with a bunch of pastors. And, and they're looking at the spiritual health of the greater Nashville area. And, and, and what they found is this, in Nashville, Williamson County, and, and, and all these things, they found a couple of things. One, that people are favorable to church. And, and people, 76% of people said in this area, they said, hey, the church offers hope. I love that. The church offers hope. And they said, people were non-Christians said, hey, you know, I have this highly favorable view of church, which is great. Good job, you guys, because you're living it out. It makes a difference. Why people want to move here. I mean, I believe there's, God is doing something special in this place. But the second thing that caught me was this. They talked about the mental and emotional well-being of people in our area. And throughout the country, they found that 61% deal with stress on a daily to weekly basis, like a high level of stress. In the greater Nashville greater area, in Williamson County area, it wasn't 61%, it was 77% of people dealing with stress and the worries and the fears and the anxiety. We all deal with those things. We all, right? None of us are perfect. But through Christ, what you find is through Christ, he begins to work on your heart. Through Christ, he begins to calm. And so those fears and those worries, you see Christ working in you. That's why people are attracted to church. That's why people are attracted to Jesus. They're going, wait a minute. He is the one. All the stuff the world doesn't satisfy. It won't. Ultimately, I need peace. I need hope. I need joy in here. That's what God's doing. And that's when you start to bear fruit. Doesn't mean we don't have stressful days. Doesn't mean we don't have stressful seasons. Doesn't mean we don't have stressful times. But what it means is that God is the one who begins to calm our hearts. God's the one who begins to bring the peace in our lives as we remain, remain, remain in him. That's the call for all of us. Wow, look, Jesus works in you and through you. He works in you, calming your heart, but then he begins to work through you, right? Fruit's not supposed to be invisible, right? You don't go up to an apple tree and go, wow, there's invisible fruit, right? You want fruit, right? In a Christian, a Christ follower, your fruit should be visible. There ought to be people in your life who go, wow, you know, you used to fly off the handle back then. You know, you would get that text or we would have an argument or disagreement and man, you would go crazy. But look, there's something different in you. And you go, yeah, it's the Lord. I gotta tell you. I gotta tell you, that's from being in the Word. It's from being at church, it's being in community. God is working in me the way I love my roommates, the way I love my friends, the way I love my spouse, the way I love my kids. I start to bear fruit in my life. That is beautiful that's beautiful. And that's the journey that we're on. That's the maturing, right? Remain, remain. Don't just follow the bright, shiny object. Remain in him because God is maturing you. You know a fine wine, right? It gets better over time. It gets better over time. For us, we're maturing. We're maturing in him. And are we bearing that fruit? I love this one. Look at this. God chose you. If you keep reading in John 15, here's what he tells the disciples. Guys, I chose you. Right? I, I chose you. Remember, you were at your fishing job. You were doing all these days and I walked by and said, hey, come follow me. I chose you. But the same is true for you. God chose you. God chose you. Hey, you did not choose me, Jesus said, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. Not just fruit that's here today and gone tomorrow, right? I mean, fruit that's going to last. God chose you. God chose you and God loves you. Maybe you've always struggled in your life and you feel like, man, I wasn't chosen. <laughs> maybe you go back to elementary school and you're like, I never got chosen in kickball, right? You know, it just kind of stays with you, right? Or, or it gets bigger, right? Maybe there was a girl who didn't choose you or a boy who didn't choose you or maybe it was a job or maybe it was a school and, and, and you hold on to that. But I want to tell you today, just drop that. Listen, the God of the universe, the sovereign God who created it all chose you. He called you by name. He knows you. He formed you in your mother's womb. He loves you with an everlasting love. And when you and I begin to understand that in our lives, we don't have to live for the things of this world and think they're going to say, we can live for God. We can live for him. See, you are perfectly loved. Perfectly. Here's the world's way. The world's way says this. If you perform the way I want you to, hey, then I'll love you. If you do those things, if you earn it, man, I'll love you. I'll care about you. But as soon as you don't, boy, you're out. But here's the Jesus way. I love you unconditionally. There's nothing you can do to make me love you anymore. And there's nothing you can do to make me love you any less. I love you. Guys, think about that today. That God loves you that much. Don't define yourself as, man, well, I'm just a sinner, (laughs) No, when you're in Christ, you've been lifted up. You are a saint. You live in that love. You live in that grace. You follow because there's a God who has a plan for you. Look, the Jesus way is to redeem those in this world so that we may bear fruit for his kingdom. Fruit that'll last. Fruit that'll last. That's generational impact. That's what God wants to do through you as you share the love of Christ as others as you pray for others, as you bless others, as you bless even your own family, and say, listen, as a family, we're remaining in Jesus because God's not done with our story. God's still doing something bigger. Judas missed it. Judas missed it. Judas went out for 30 pieces of silver thinking that was gonna satisfy. And what did he do? He threw it all away. He lost it. He lost his life. He lost a relationship with God for eternity. But these 11 disciples... And all of us today as his disciples. If we remain in him, just remain. Watch God do miracles to us. Watch God do things that we never dreamed or imagined. It's all for him. It's all for his glory. I was reading an article the other day and it was talking about Freddie Mercury, who was the lead singer for Queen. He did an interview in 1991, right before his death. and, And he said this, he said, I have everything the world has to offer. I'm idolized by the world. I have more pounds, more dollars than I could ever spend. And yet, I'm desperately lonely. In my life, I would trade it all for a loving, ongoing relationship. I just thought, man, my heart just goes out to that guy. And I'm just thinking, there's a God, a sovereign God, who's drawing each of us to himself and saying, I created you for a loving, ongoing relationship. I created you for community, to share life with others. I created you, and I want to bless you. St. Augustine said this, Lord, you made us for yourself, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. Is your heart restless today? Is your heart searching for meaning, for purpose today? It's restless until it rests in him till you find your worth in him, your value in him, your purpose in him, that God is with you, that God is for you, that God loves you with an everlasting love. Will you trust him today? I don't know where you are today, but I wanna ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. What's God saying to you? Maybe today is a day of salvation. You go, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. Jesus, I need you. I've been trying to do a bunch of things, but but today I want to be, I want to be in you, grounded in you. Jesus, come into my heart, forgive my sins, redeem me, restore me. Maybe for you, God's calling you to be baptized, you know, put a stake in the ground, what a beautiful baptism this morning, and and to think about that, maybe Easter Sunday, I am going to do it. I'm ready, I'm following, I'm trusting maybe for you it's 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 taking this challenge and saying each day I want to grow in the Lord I want to take a daily step I want to mature or maybe for you it's just I don't want to get caught up in the bright shiny objects I want to have a life of legacy I want to have a life that bears fruit not just a little fruit but much fruit I want to bless the people around me I want to have a great marriage how want a great future marriage. I want to have great kids that I raise the knowledge and love of the Lord. I want to bless my nieces, my nephews. I want to bless my coworkers. I want to bless the people of my school. God, I want to be used by you to bear fruit. So Lord, come, capture my heart today. You know where I drift. You know where I get distracted. Father, draw me back to you so that I can remain in you. Father, here we are, your disciples. Speak to us, challenge us, encourage us, change us. We are yours. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen.
0: Thank you for listening to the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast. Share this episode with someone in your life. Make sure you subscribe to be notified so you never miss a sermon. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. The Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast is a part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcast. Thanks for tuning in!